you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Mike Garofalo, Jason McCourty. Mike Garofalo, I really feel like, pound for pound, you bring so much to the table when Mm -hmm. you are here, whether it be football, knowledge, news, intel, random facts about life. Pound for pound. Is that because he's not a big guy? Is that why you said pound for pound? No, it's more just about the content and the information. I mean, Follicle for follicle? Follicle, Mm. yeah, exactly. Um, So we appreciate (laughs) you being here. Thank you. Yes. Hey, listen, can we we open negotiations here with you by my side? I mean, we could could do that. Mike, are you doing it right now? (laughs) Go ahead. Right? Again, Yes. we want to lead the conversation. Uh, time for the lead block. Let's just lead get right block. in because Kyle's got a lot of things to say about some things that are going on in the AFC yeah. There's East. a blue helmet. That's cool. Heads up. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Slow-mo footage. It's majestic. People are running. The football is being thrown, but it's who's doing the throwing and the catching. Let's talk about this, Jamie. People yes. online are saying this is actually a bad pass. What? Okay. <laughs> They're saying it's behind Garrett Wilson. Jason, what do you think? Jamie, this, what do you think? Is, Get in this there. Is, this is current Jets fans. They're saying this is a bad I think pass. it actually is more Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I, I can make Packers. sense, of, I I can make sense of that. I think we are. it's May 2nd, and we should be in the season of no matter where Aaron Rodgers is putting that football is where he meant to put it. It's just like, just deal with it. It looks great. Yeah. The, I think the Jets' overuse of the slow-mo video in the offseason nice. is kind of, you know, it's undermining everybody. Who's these guys? Uh, more cause for concern. The Dolphins have now added some veteran talent. That's Xavier Howard. Showing Jalen Ramsey some love upon his arrival, uh, showing around the new digs to the start corner in March. And then uh, oh. the New England Patriots. Many at this table said that Patriots plays do something splashy and exciting and jump up and get the. They didn't, um, but they did make offseason additions, period. They drafted a top corner in Christian Gonzalez. They added Juju Smith-Schuster. They brought back Bill O'Brien now as their offensive coordinator, uh, but they did not bring a new quarterback to the room. So Mac Jones' team it is. Uh, And here's uh, Bill Belichick for more on that topic from the end of last week. Is Mac your, your quarterback as of right now? Yeah, I mean, look, Mac, uh, you know, Mac's been our quarterback for two years. And as I tell the team every year, each player, each coach, you know, we all have to reestablish and prove ourselves every year. That's what this league is. Resting pat face is what we came up with last hour. And when that man has to speak to the media, it's like even on a Zoom, in person, whatever, it's just... That's the very Patriot Way answer. Patriot Way on the table. Can the Pats compete in the AFC East just in their division, Jason, this season? You have to go first? You have to go first. Yeah. Uh, And second and third. He who won a trophy for the Patriots must go first. Can you define compete? (laughs) 
Uh, why don't you define compete for us and what that looks like for your own interpretation? Well, I'm, I'm sure they're going to show up for the games. Open in the for NFC's. interpretation. Uh, compete. Yeah. I, I look at the New England Patriots. You say, I think the biggest thing, obviously, we'll probably get into it. Bill O'Brien is back. And obviously what they went through last year on offense, he kind of brings in a sound voice of somebody who's done it before. New England competing in this division, do I look at it and I would say, all right, on paper of everything everybody's done, they'd be last in the division. If Tua Tungavailoa is healthy for Miami, what they did last year, how good they looked on offense with him out there, Aaron Rodgers now coming over to join the Jets, who had a really good defense last year, and then Buffalo Bills have just been the cream of the crop in that division over the last few years, and Josh Allen's going to be back. You have no reason to believe that that's going to change. But for the New England Patriots, I think, Improving on offense, bringing back the coordinator, and then you couple that. They were really good on defense last year. They scored touchdowns seven different times, which led the NFL, was a team record. If they can improve upon that, they lost an old guy in Devin McCourty, but was able to get, bring Jalen Mills back after releasing him, bring a guy who played safety in his past with the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a good mix of veterans there. They brought some young guys in. I think they're going to be able to compete in the division, but I cannot look at it right now on May 2nd and say, all right, yeah, New England is right there with the rest of their division. As I'm looking at it, they clearly look to be the fourth team in the division, and it's not really an indictment on them. They've made some improvements on the us. I think it's more about the other three teams in the division and what they've done and how they've been building for this upcoming season. Aaron Rodgers being the New York Jets is huge. I think you could argue, some people will say, hey, they're the, they're the favorite in the division, but Josh Allen being there is huge. Mm-hmm. So I, as the New England Patriots, yes, they'll compete, define compete. What does that mean? I don't think they're right now trying to say, all right, they're going to be the winners of the division. Yeah, if it happens, I mean, you mentioned Bill O'Brien. I think that's going to be the biggest fact. This team just feels like it needs a, a jolt right mm. now. It needs a, you know, for, for years, Tom Brady was that jolt, was that spark. He was the guy uh, demanding uh, the excellence out of everybody else. Yeah. The one who, when it didn't happen, wasn't – I remember him barking at offensive linemen for jumping in a game in August, in a mm-hmm. preseason game. Sure. And it just like as if it was – the divisional round of the playoffs, right? And I just feel like this team needs it right now. And, and O'Brien, the man's nickname is Teapot, okay? Is that right? Why? It, because he blows his top. Oh. I I mean, you remember that that scene of him and Brady back in 2011 it was? I guess screaming at each other. Yeah. I'm going to be vastly disappointed this upcoming season if we don't see Mac Jones, who was screaming at sure was. Bill, uh, Matt Patricia this yeah. past year. If those two don't go at it on the yeah. sideline, and not in a bad way. To me, in a good way. Because remember that that Brady, when they were yelling at each other, and in, in the end, they shook hands oh, and, I and they hugged it out. My best friend was a receiver at Taekwon Underwood. He's running an in route in the back of the end zone and gets intercepted. And Brady was mad as hell at Underwood. And Bill O'Brien was just like, no, it was your fault. Oh. The pass, this, that, and the third. That's and what started I, it. I don't know if Taekwon got another pass from Brady that year. So. <laughs> So he was the guy in between that, yes. that sparked high top fade and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they went to the Super Bowl, right? Indeed. So it's just you Indeed. know that's that's kind of what I want to see. That little it's 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 going to be good friction. That you know let me see a pulse this year, Patriots. Mm-hmm. Free Taekwondo Underwood. That's, mm. that's that's not right. What happened? Mm. Yeah. Brady did him I, like that. I'll tell you what's not right. What? I'm pretty sure he got cut the, the Friday night, of Super the night Bowl before week. the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh. in Indianapolis. Oh. It was Saturday. Yeah. Is he now the Pitt Panthers wide receivers coach? Indeed. I like well, look at that. All right, good. Where'd you get that from? He always talks about how and he coached. 
Jordan, Jordan Addison before he went oh, to USC. Oh, yeah. you actually listen to me. This I is do. Awesome. I really do. This guy over here is like, uh, where did I you know. get this information I from? Yeah. When, when I, I just turned, sit at the desk every day. I turn my body so. and nod. This yeah. is not just me playing to that camera. It's uh, me actually I thought you were just trying to get Sometimes I do that. No, I know. I was listening to Mike when he was saying that, you know, they need a jolt. Like, Jolt Cola, remember back in the day? Oh, yeah. yeah. It said right on the label, twice the caffeine. It was yeah. the, They were not hiding anything. <laughs> and I thought they would get a jolt at the draft. Mm-hmm. All my instincts were saying, hold on a second. Camelot is crumbling. The empire is ending. They're the worst team in the league. You're the least talented team. The Patriots can do something bold or dynamic. They're going to go get a quarterback, or they're going to get way up and get one of the best defensive players. They sat there, moved around a little bit, and they drafted a corner. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I hope he's going to be a great player. How are they scoring this year? So, from last year's really bad offense, they lose their leading receiver. They lose their second leading rusher. They didn't add a quarterback. They changed coordinators. How are they scoring with Buffalo? How are they scoring with Miami? I just don't know. Also, like, just what is this team? Like, you mentioned there's no Brady. Who is the best player on the Patriots right now? If you were to choose, you are the best player. I I think it's Judon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's great. He's a really good pass rusher, but, like, he's not playing offense and – you could probably get around him if you scheme against it. Like, it's just, there's nobody who's going to be like, we're going up to Buffalo and I'm going to put this team on my back. And I don't know if it's Mac Jones. It's certainly not their first round draft pick, a rookie corner. So the jolt is not there. It's flat, it's caffeine free. And as much as I respect Belichick's accomplishments, he's sub 500 since Brady left. And if you go 7 and 10 this year, it's like, all right, uh, we love you and you're, you know, the greatest ever. But like, we got Gerard Mayo here and like, mm. we got to get this thing going here. I, I mean it. Like, if they have a, like, a flat, listless season, it's time for change. Like, the, the, the wins will be blown. I went big picture on this when we started to talk about the Patriots because, frankly, there just wasn't enough there to be able to, like, let me write all these notes about the Patriots because of everything that everybody just said. So I went more just, like, life experience right now for mm-hmm. New England sports fans. Let me ask you a question at the table. What's more uncomfortable, the years from 2001 to 18 when it felt like every year at one of the four major franchises in New England was winning something between the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, and Patriots? Mm -hmm. It was so obnoxious, unless you were in that pocket of the country, how great Boston sports was Mm -hmm. at the time. Or is it since 2018 where we are just waiting for it to, I mean, there is something that people are enamored with, whether whether you hate it or you love it, that about Boston sports, specifically the Patriots and being atop the AFC East, they had their guys, they had star power, they were winning, they were winning Super Bowls every other year. The rest of the franchises, the Bruins kicked one two nights ago, the Celtics gave up game one, of their, and the Red Sox are 500. There is nothing good going on in New England right now in terms of the sports. And this is an uncomfortable place, I think, for football fans to, to be in mm-hmm. with the Patriots because you cannot figure them out. And that, that quote, <coughs> Belichick, bless you, said I'm a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> And the quote that Bill Belichick said a couple weeks ago about, uh, look, the past 25 years of my success, yeah. like he was flirting dangerously with saying, like, yeah. don't you worry, we'll figure it out. We are worried. People are worried. What are you doing? Because your division got better without you. You good? What's the yeah. yeah. allergic to I was just allergic thinking about that kid who used to show up to all the parades and hold up that sign that said, I've had this many trophies since I've been alive. Yeah. So what's yeah. more annoying? Yeah, just... Is it that kid or is it the fact that the Patriots can't figure it out over the last couple of years? That kid. Okay. Yeah, not that kid specifically, but yeah. you know, what that kid the, the, the life experience of yeah. New England and their, yes. and their I don't know. I kind of want my cake and eat it too here because every year we would cover the Super Bowl and the Patriots would be in the Super yeah, Bowl. Every yes. Year. Yes. Again. And yeah. it's just like, 
one year it was like, oh, there's a second McCordy now this time. Okay, cool. A little fresh storyline, a little fresh angle there. So (laughs) it's like you you, you pine for those days, though, where you had the villain, right? You had the evil empire that everybody was trying to be. Yes, there's no villain. This this feels weird. We keep waiting for them to come back and pop back up. And it's just so to answer your initial question, which I think was awkward. This is more awkward right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not. I don't know if they're popping back up. It's mm. almost like the player who was holding up the entire tent was left, and they, without him, it wasn't the coach. It was the quarterback. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's find out. What are we doing here? We're we gonna make the playoffs this year. We're we gonna do anything. It's been years. It's be tough. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Shotgun snap. Short drop by Burrow. The pressure. He throws oh, baby. Caught at the Get in. Chase straight ahead. Nice. Into the end zone. Nice. Touchdown. Darnold back. Big rush. He's it. And TJ has him, and down he goes. Takes the snap, looks right, pumps once, under pressure, and buried. Sacked by Miles Garrett. Jackson will keep it. He's got room. He's at the 30. It's a leg race, 40. Lamar Jackson midfield and going. Touchdown! Lamar Jackson is quick as a hiccup. <laughs> oh, man, looking at that game played in snow makes us happy that we're playing a game now called Spring Fling, where we focus on one division every day, and we're going to evaluate how those teams did in the 2023 NFL Draft. And you can braid in next season and the current players if you'd like. Today, it's going to be the AFC North. They loaded up in this year's draft because everybody won the draft, if you ask them. Jason, why don't you start us off with your thoughts on what the Browns did last weekend. As Kyle said yesterday, kind of an under-the-radar team sure. right now. Yes, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. They are under-the-radar team because we don't talk about them much in their division. They got another weapon for Deshaun Watson, a guy that can go opposite of Amari Cooper, Guy that was at Tennessee, played some really good football. Father was in the NFL as well. They got big Thanos. This guy is huge, 6'8", 300-something pounds. There were little question marks about his workout thing and what he's going to do. We will find out. These two guys at the top, high school teammates now right? in the oh. same NFL team. Really cool. cool. Luke Whipler went to the same high school as I did. This guy is actually a stand-up comedian, has done it a few times. That's awesome. Stand-up comedian, Luke Whipler. This team is going to be a lot of fun. They do not have a first-round draft pick until 2025, so they got a lot of these guys in the middle of the draft said his best friend is going to be Miles Garrett. Miles doesn't know it yet, but Iku said his favorite player and his best friend is going to be Miles Garrett. This is a team that may surprise some people in their division. Deshaun Watson should be better this season to go along with some of the guys that they got in this year's draft. Shout out St. Joe's. It's always yes. great to we have gotta a get offensive We got to get him yeah. in here. But yes. he probably doesn't want all the vets to know because if you say you're a stand-up comedian, you guarantee he's going to be in <laughs> yeah. front of the room having to yeah. perform for all of the veterans make throughout me, training camp. Is there a, a Jersey uh, Chuckle Hut like, uh, stand-up place that you want to shout out that he might have performed there, there, There's one down in the... 
Central Jersey new area called the uh, Laugh Factory. I Laugh think. Factory. Stress Factory. Yes. Stress Factory. Down there. So maybe he's performing there. We'll find Sounds out. Sounds like the unfunniest place ever. Seriously. Stress Factory. That's what it's called. Before I go on to mine, I'm going to add. I'm going to add one more. I, can I write here? Can I write on this? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Anthony would love it. Uh, an undrafted player yeah. for the Cleveland Browns, Charlie Thomas, linebacker out of Georgia Tech. I just happened to catch him. He caught my eye a couple of times last year. Kid's a playmaker, mm. right? Mm. And you go to watch the pit game, the way that he really took it over when he came. He had a targeting call, so he didn't play till the second half. He comes in, pretty much took over the second half. He was kind of a tweener, though, so he was a little lighter. Okay. So that's why he went undrafted. But mm. that guy's going to make the team, I'm telling you right now. Wow, right? Yeah. right. Ooh, you got it. Okay. Bold predictions, training camp battles. Right, yes. All right, I'm moving on to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals here. I talked a little bit about Miles Murphy yesterday and about how as soon as that card went in, as soon as that pick was announced, I was like, yeah. That's going to work. That's going to make a ton of sense in Lou Adarumo's Bengals defense. But Marion Hobby is the defensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he has a history at Clemson. He was there a couple of years ago, so you know he got good reports on Miles Murphy. And he there was like a question, is he too tight? You know, is he not loose enough for a little bit? And you know Marion Hobby was like, no, this is a guy who's going to play, and he's going to play really well for our team. So I like that pick right there. DJ Turner, uh, the cornerback from Michigan last year, had 10 pass breakups last season. Uh, uh, he's a little smaller, but this is the quote from him. Nice. I've been on the lighter side my whole life, so he knows how to play at that way. Kind of like Bryce Young talking about this is the size I've been my mm. entire life. DJ Turner, kind of the same way. Then you got Jordan Battle. They, they had their safety depth chart rated via free agency, so they needed to add somebody here, and they added Jordan Battle. You could do worse things than adding uh, an Alabama uh, safety there. Third team APL American with 71 tackles last year. And then uh, Brad Robbins we have video of. I want to Supposedly, he thought he was getting pranked. Thought he was getting a oh, prank call when they called him. Really? Which, which Mike Robb told the story the other day about how he hung up on Scott McLuhan yes. years ago because uh, he yeah. thought he was uh, the people. Mohamed well, Sanu got a prank call who got drafted by the Bengals as well some years. There ago. There you go. Now watch yeah. the form here. Look, boom. He kicks the ball very high and he kicks it very far. That is my analysis of Brad Robbins. Pretty cool. Uh, the, the, punter the Michigan there. punter kicker being drafted is like the highest uh, yeah. kicking pair no, from one school has been drafted yeah. like ever. I, I thought you. Were, I thought you were gonna break down like. Yeah. How fast he got the ball off, what his hang time yeah. was. If you're right. going to give us punter footage, you got to no. give us some type of breakdown. I broke it down. High and far. And far. <laughs> what more could you ask for from a punter? I beat this kid in pig once. Talk about it. Played a game of pig at Alabama ahead of the Arkansas game. Bryce Young, Jamison Williams, Jordan Battle. This one talks to talk. He said he was the best basketball player on the team. Granted, we were not allowed to be within six feet of each other, so we had to oh. just play pig. So, how- so, like, best basketball player versus best shooter, but I beat. Bryce Young, Jamison Williams, and Jordan Battle with the game. So take. why do you struggle so much on the Fisher Price hoop? Because it's it's a toy, Jason. It's a toy. Kyle, go. Uh, the Ravens got themselves a toy, and uh, his name is Zay Flowers. Um, yes. This is what they did. So they get Lamar, and they finally reach a deal, and it's a miracle, and there's white smoke that comes out of the chimney and everything. And then Zay Flowers, they go and add on to it. Now, Zay Flowers, first wide receiver from Boston College ever drafted in the first round, wow. ever. Ever. It's an unbelievable thing. Small guy, 5'9 and a quarter, 180-some pounds. It's kind of like they're trying the Hollywood Brown thing again, mm. but this guy is a big-time playmaker, so they draft him. Lamar, you get a contract. You get the wide receiver. We're still waiting for Lamar's uh, entire gym uh, informational product. I really really want to try it. We still haven't gotten it. I don't know why. I've been basically begging. The rest of the draft, Trenton Simpson. Guys, a linebacker out of Clemson. His father was 17 years with the Army Rangers. Like, Whoa. that's big, big time. Tavius Robinson, from Canadian guy from Ole Miss. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly. Sure. Look at that. From Stanford. 
Uh, his father, Brian, was Brian Kelly. He was a cornerback on the uh, old Bucks uh, Super Bowl team. And then my guy, the guy that I thought Jason was going to draft in the third round. Here we go. Let me hear it. Got a cop. Malaisala Amuvai Laulu. Grew up in Alaska, also spent time in Hawaii, went to high school in Las Vegas, and he is playing the offensive line. We'll see if he can make the squad. We hope so. The Brady pick, 199. That is your 2023. This was our guy that got hurt during the combine. Andrew and Voorhees. Voorhees. Hit the bench press. It was a yeah. guest Pectoral, right here on yes. the show. Yes, Was Voorhees. it an ACL or Achilles? Uh, ACL? ACL, yeah. Oh, right. Like I said. Yeah, yeah. showed up. He will show. rise like his, his uncle Jason right. Voorhees. He's exactly right. With the mask yeah, on at right, Crystal exactly. Lake and all that, except it'll be the AFC North. What do you got? Stuck the landing. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. They went for bulk, I feel like. Like yep. when they drafted, uh, they take an offensive tackle in the first round. Mm-hmm. First time they've taken a tackle this high, the Steelers, in like 30-plus years. Of course, the family lineage now runs deep with Joey Porter Jr. in the second round. Uh, this, uh, many are seeing as he fell a lot at the tight end spot. Not a big pass-catching tight end out of Georgia, but that's because they have an epic tight end coming in next year's draft, Brock Bowers. Okay. Uh, so you're gonna. it's almost this partnership on the offensive line is going to be awesome. Uh, his license plate reads sixth offensive lineman, uh, with less uh, um, consonants, obviously. We love this man. He wore a spam T-shirt. His brother also plays oh, for the yeah, team yeah. Uh, on our show. A Hawaiian that guy. That guy was great. The yeah. Georgia, uh, the Georgia Wisconsin connection in Pennsylvania as a state is actually ridiculous. But the Steelers, I thought they drafted really strong. They're a team that they missed the playoffs for the first time last season since 2019. So they had a couple holes to figure out. Um, but I think the fact that they didn't go quarterback, wide receiver, like this tight end situation with Pat Fryermuth yes. and. Uh, um, Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. I think the the Steelers offense is they're going to get their wheels turning this year. The Steelers are going to make the playoffs this year. I said it right now. They're you said that playoffs. last year because you can't look at that label, that brand. That that's logo. basically the American right flag there. of what we do. That's, right? that's old America right there. We love it. Steelers right? will be in the playoffs. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, back now with the Indianapolis Colts, who introduced their fourth overall pick, quarterback Anthony Richardson, to the media. Richardson talked about how he and his coach's relationship with Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has unfolded. Whenever I see a mobile QB playing, you know, I, I, I turn the TV on so I can watch it. So I was definitely watching Jalen Hurts a lot last year. You know, I didn't know Coach Steichen was the one orchestrating all that um, until, like, after he got hired. I'm like, okay. If there's a possibility, I go there. You know, we could, he can make something work. And he's been preaching that to me. So I'm definitely ready to see. I'm ready to, you know, control the offense. Would you ever reach out to Jalen Hurts to kind of maybe get some advice on how to shake off some of that doubt that even he had to face? I talked to him before when I was in high school. Um, that was a while ago. But now I definitely want to, you know, get some advice from him. Get some advice from all the other NFL QBs, you know, just so uh, I can help myself and help help myself in this game. That's Anthony Richardson. Yeah, he's part of a very cool club now, the quarterbacks, that uh, if you can help your own play and be better on the field, especially in your rookie season, then so be it. Shane Steichen, of course, helped lead Jalen Hurts to a very successful start to his young career as the Eagles' offensive coordinator at the time. Now he's Anthony Richardson, head coach. So now let's get to pick. You uh, are going to say, ring me up, Rook. You get to pick a rookie and pick a veteran that you think that rookie should be calling 
for advice. Ring me up, Rook. Who you calling, Kyle? I'm going to stay with Richardson. Mm. And I'm going to go to last year's number four overall pick. I don't think there's been a player in the history of this media group that has been hyped like Kyle Pitts was coming out of Florida last year. He was the going to redefine, not the position, the sport. And I would say, hey, Kyle, this is Anthony Richardson. I'm the number four pick. Is it okay to play the first game and not sprout wings and ble- breed fire and have nine touchdowns? Because that's what we thought Kyle Pitts was going to do. We thought he was going to turn into some sort of, uh, I don't know, prehistoric creature and break every one of the tight end records in the first quarter of his first game. He had a good season. People were frustrated he didn't uh, break Tony Gonzalez's touchdown records. It's okay to have a lot of talent and a lot of potential and just be a little bit of a slow burn. There's going to be more honest on you because you're a quarterback. Call up the number four pick, and you can start the number four pick club because you guys have so much hype and so much ability. I would pick his brain on if it's okay to just walk before you could run, Mike. Mm. They probably have each other's numbers, too, since they spent one year together, I believe. That's a good point. Gators. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Got it it in the the context. Uh, The other day we did NFL draft kickoff from Mount Laurel leading up to the second round of the draft, and we had a segment that said, who are we looking for? Uh, on Friday night to yeah. hear their name called. And I said, you watch out for Riley Moss. I said, sure. Michael Robinson. I said, he won the Iowa Hustle Award, mm. right? And then I said, you know, he ran a 4 4 5 40. And Mike Robb goes, you're kidding me. I said, that's deceptive speed, Mike Robb. You know, we were making fun of all the tropes. Uh, but our buddy Charles Davis never won to shy and tiptoe around a topic. This is what he said after Riley Moss was drafted by the Broncos. Just go ahead and say it. He's a white kid playing corner, and people want to ding, ding him for that. They want to say he has to play safety. His speed, his quickness, his toughness, his ball skills, he is going to play cornerback. Remember when McCaffrey came out and was playing running back? We want to ding him for that. That's long gone. The same thing's going to happen here with Riley Moss. Oh, he can play. There you go, Charles Davis tackling that thing head on. So if you're Riley Moss, why not give a call to Jason Seahorn, the former Giants cornerback sure. who yeah. really was the last starting white no, he cornerback was. in the mid-90s yeah. in the NFL. And and the way the reason I mention this is because if you're Riley Moss, what do you expect? And Moss has been quoted before about when he was playing in college saying, I felt like I was being tested on some deep balls <laughs> early in the game. And he welcomed it because it said it gave him a chance to make a play on a football and so maybe you're going to see that a ton at the NFL level. I don't know. Is there somebody at this table that can be an expert on this one? Jason McCourty, what do you think? I, I played with a cornerback, my guy Pete Intersagan, white cornerback out of Wheaton College, and he welcomed it as well. He was tough, tackled well, all of those things for Riley Moss. I'm excited for him. The kid can run, he can play, and I love that comparison to Jason Seahorn. There haven't been many, and I got to imagine they're going to attack him, but you go out there, you make your plays, they'll stay yeah, away from Seahorn had talked about it in the past, and some other guys about how they you know, felt like they were being tested because of their skin color. You know what? Give them a call. Wheaton College, that must be D2, D3. Yeah, Yeah, what is that? That would have been one of your players from our segment yesterday. No doubt about it. Absolutely. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball from the corners. Uh, I'm going rookie wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, another one of these big, rangy, big-bodied wide receivers um, from the Rebels. Mm. He goes to Carolina. He is about to try to make Bryce Young's life better and vice versa. So I thought, I don't want him to call a veteran wide receiver. No, no, no. I want him to call another veteran quarterback who also arrived into the league with a rookie wide receiver. So I would Mm. like 
Jonathan Mingo to call Andrew Luck. Mm, good luck. Uh, because Andrew Luck got to the Colts. <laughs> and get his phone number, call Andrew Luck, and just ask, hey, what can I do to make Bryce Young's life better? How can I spend extra time with him? How do I make the meetings better, more efficient? Because we are about to enter this ex- life experience together that no one can take away from us. Because when Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton arrived in Indianapolis, they changed the game. They go 11-5 and their first season. Obviously, Andrew Luck went on to have uh, a, an incredible career, as did, T- as did T.Y. Hilton. So I'm going to say Jonathan Mingo to Andrew Luck. And I know it's a ha-ha hard phone call to make, but um, I want that. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm just happy those Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton highlights did not incorporate me being involved. Were you in to, some of those? Yeah, for sure. I had to go. I'd never beat Andrew Luck when I was in the same Really? Wow. Never beat him. Yeah. And you're the guy on stage at the draft talking all this trash to the Colts? <laughs> So the rookie that I'm going with is Emmanuel Forbes. This was a guy coming out of Mississippi State, and I remember Schrager talked about him right here on the show, and he said he was 166 pounds at the combine but had a ton of interceptions at the college level. I'm going deep cut here. He should be calling Mark McMillan. Okay. Quarterback from back in the day, 92 to 99, 23 career interceptions, nickname Mighty Mouse. Mark McMillan weighed in, it says, 154 pounds. He said his playing weight was 147. Played also not only with the Eagles, with the Chiefs as well. And one of those seasons with the Chiefs had eight interceptions in that season. Shoulder pads humongous right there. Mark McMillan, though, out there getting it done. 23 interceptions in eight seasons. Emmanuel Forbes, a guy that likes to get his hands on the ball as well, going to be making plays on Sunday for the Commanders. Just to be clear, they're normal shoulder pads. It's just... This is they just look like they're it's a little slippery uh, yeah. on a frame like that. That's 147? Oh, he, he said his plan, he's listed at 154, I think at 1.160. He said he played oh my at gosh. 147. He said his mom, his mom would close her eyes when she'd be watching the game, scared <laughs> to death when he's going to make Eagles as well. I feel like Todd Pinkston was 6'8", 105. Like yeah. he, very <laughs> Light, very, very light. But Emmanuel came on and said, he's like, look at me tackle. Look how many tackles I had in the play, SEC. Baby. I'm not afraid yeah. at all. It's Indeed. really cool. It's awesome. Time now to welcome back to our show, our NFL Network front office analyst. So we hung out with him all last week with our draft coverage because he's three-time Super Bowl champion and his takes are awesome and experienced. His time with the New England Patriots is historic. It's Scott Pio. Well, Scott. Oh, baby. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Scott, you told us about how some teams like to unload veteran players around the draft, much to the benefit of the teams who are looking to add veteran presence. You told us it's something that benefited you from when your Patriots traded for Randy Moss in the middle of the night. What similarities do you see between that situation and what the Eagles did for running back DeAndre Swift from the Lions? Jamie, the primary similarities that I see is you've got a player who clearly wanted out of his situation but the beautiful part is the team wanted out of this situation, and that's what Swift wanted, and that's back what Randy Moss wanted in the day. And what happens in situations like this, it makes the trade easier, it makes it quicker. You know, the good part about the Eagles as I look at the Swift trade is that they've got a player that's going into the last year of his contract. He is going to be the best version of whatever he is because he's playing for a contract. And usually with running backs, you know, The second contract is the biggest and best contract for the most part if they have a little bit of success. In the case of Randy Moss, the other similarity was in order for us to give him that pay cut of six and a quarter million dollars, 
He and his agent demanded that it be a one year deal. This way, hey, I'll take the pay cut. I'll play for less as long as I can prove it and get a bigger contract. So those similarities in terms of players going to be whatever their best version is, is another similarity that I see between both of the players that were traded. Scott, what's it like when a GM does a draft and pours all the heart and the blood, sweat, and tears into every pick, and they do it, and they stick the landing, and they high-five, and they feel really satisfied, and then the next morning somebody on AOL Fan House gives their draft a C-, and the fans <laughs> say that one of the picks was a reach. Like, what is that like? Yeah, you know, Kyle, it's you have to understand, we understand the mentality of fans. They want what they want, and if they don't get it, they're going to react. But I'll tell you this, I can't think of one GM or one head coach, whoever the decision makers are, that sits there and is thinking that they're going to be whimsical when it comes to a trade. There's usually a plan in place. And what happens sometimes is if it looks like a reach, one of two things is happening. The first thing that could be happening is that they have a little bit of intel that the player that is their desire is going to be picked by someone else. So they think that they may need to get up. Sometimes that's accurate. Sometimes it's inaccurate. The other times that I think that people may believe that a team is reaching and it's not necessarily true is when you want to get a player that is system specific to you. Not all teams value the same players. For instance, back in the day when we were you know, looking at defensive linemen, we were a two-gap defense. So there were certain defensive linemen that looked more attractive to us. You look at offenses. Are they, when you're looking at offensive linemen, is it a zone blocking offensive lineman or is it more of a downhill blocking power power offensive lineman so to me not every player is the same in the eyes of the people that are picking them you have to pick players that are you know specific to your system but again i think the other thing that you learn pretty quickly is that if you're you know, worried about criticism, don't ever be a GM, don't ever be a head coach, because it's the wrong line of business. Or actually, in your line of business, as you guys were talking about before, you know, Mike G, I heard you, Jeezy. You make the network better, my brother. Don't listen to him. That's what I'm saying. Whoa! All right! That's here, one here. That's here, one here. Stuff that the happens bank. during the break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. for sure, Scott. I hear you. If you're on this show, if you're doing anything, do not check your social media mentions. It will not be a good experience. But one of our favorite moments uh, from the draft was obviously Chris Vaughn, the Cowboy Scout, getting a chance to call up his son, Deuce, and welcome mm. him and tell him that they're, being, they're, they're going to draft him. Scott, through your experience, have you ever had an emotional moment like that? Jason, never like that. I, you know, I've watched that a couple of times, actually, because the first time I saw it, it, it actually did choke me up a little. And and I think here here's why I think it affected me. And I know a lot of other people in football, why it affected them so much. This game, this business, this industry, when you're in football, whether it's college or professional football, for whatever reason, we, we aren't always the best of family people in terms of the time commitment and how much we give to our jobs and how much time we give to our families. It's a sick part of the culture that really you, in retrospectively, that, you, that I look back on and wonder about. And what I felt in that moment when that was happening was here is this dad who's probably not had a whole lot of time at home like normal families do with their son. And the fact that he was getting a chance to be able to be, you know, reunited in a sense with him and get to spend every day in work moving forward. It was a really, really cool moment that that struck me and I think a lot of other football people in a very unique way. Yeah, you could hear it in his voice. And uh, I thought Daniel Jeremiah saying that uh, Chris Vaughn 
recused himself whenever they spoke about his son leading up to the draft in the <laughs> pre-draft process, and then they wind up with him anyway. I thought that that was a cool little aspect as well. Uh, give us the name, Scott, of a player who was drafted in a late round who you think we should spot, uh, shine a spotlight on. Jeezy, I'm going to give the name of two players, and, and of course they're going to be offensive linemen, both sixth-round picks. The first is Luke Patterson from Notre Dame, who is a center but can also play guard. A terrific player at Notre Dame who was a two-time captain, started a bunch of games at Notre Dame, but always had these little nagging injuries, things that held him back that you know, I don't think is going to be a problem. You're talking about a guy that started 34 career games at center, another 12 at guard. He has position versatility. And when you're an inside offensive lineman, it doesn't matter where you're picked. If you're smart, if you're tough, and you can have versatility and position flexibility, you're going to last. And that saying that makes me think of Luke Whipler from Ohio State, who was also drafted in the sixth round by the Cleveland Browns. Luke is another player, again, who has a lot of the same traits in terms of being smart, being tough, being physical, but also has position versatility. These are the kind of guys that you see when they have those traits, they just seem to stick around. And then all of a sudden, you know, eight years later, you turn around and say, hey, wow, Whipler's still in the league. Hey, Patterson's still in the league. We've seen guys like this over and over again. I love these late round picks that have certain kind of makeup, particularly with offensive linemen. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.